Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians again. Uh, We're once again uh, in chapter 1 and uh, we're looking at the last section of chapter 1. Woohoo! I feel like we ought to have a banner having some kind of party, but uh, uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves there. Uh, 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 we're looking at the last section of chapter 1 and, and let me just share with you something that you might not even be familiar with. This is something that Paul is so excited about in in his discussion or his communication with the church and and uh, uh, Asia, he he is he is uh, uh, has so much excitement about what is happening in the ministry in that area, that region of Ephesus, and and uh, it's. Uh, 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 scholars tell us it's not just the church at Ephesus, but a group of churches in that area that this book was really written to. And uh, Ephesus was maybe the main one or the last one. And so uh, that's why we uh, have the uh, Ephesus reference here. But uh, it is uh, uh, God's word for us all. And so we need to remember that. But Paul is so excited about what he is sharing with that church there, what God is sharing with uh, these believers, that verses 3 through 14 are all one sentence. He's, it's one run-on sentence. He's, he's so excited about what God is doing, what God is revealing to us as, as Christians, and, and what we need to, to remember as uh, a part of the body of Christ. Remember, he, his whole focus is, is that we are uh, the body, uh, and we're in Christ, and God is working in us. He predestined us uh, in eternity past uh, to be a part of the body, the functioning of the church, uh, the body of Christ, uh, to be Christ in the world, to, to be the witness, to be the, uh, the testimony of Jesus Christ in His absence after His ministry and after His work on, on the earth was done and He uh, rose uh, to be at the right hand of the Father. He left us, the church, to do the work that He began and and. He predestined us to do that in the in eternity past and and in the present as He is working in us to re, uh, bring about redemption in our life and and in the future as God brings that uh, that whole work into the inheritance of that inheritance of being with Christ. And, and so that's the whole section of what we have uh, discussed so far. And we come to... Verse 15, and I want you to just listen to, to what Paul is saying uh, in this last section as he, he... Now, he has laid out all of, all of the plan of God and he's laid out all of what uh, this mystery that God has revealed uh, to the church at this time. And this is what he says after that. He says, Wherefore I also... 
after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding be uh, being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what is the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward usward who believe according to the working of His mighty power which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in the world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And so Paul is wrapping up this, this whole exciting uh, uh, deluge of information about what Christ is doing. And then he, then he just lays it on them hard to help them to understand what God has accomplished. You see, for many Christians, uh, the culmination of, of, of their life as a Christian is they're giving their heart and life to Jesus Christ. And that is such an important part in life. And yet, what Paul is trying to help us to understand is, is that's not the end. That's just the beginning. And while all of us, uh, uh, it's so important for us to understand that uh, uh, that it is crucial for us to accept Jesus Christ into our heart and life to become a part of the body. Paul is trying to help us to understand and to help these Christians to understand is that uh, you have to know who you are before you can accomplish the task. Now, Paul's, Paul's burden is, is, to, is to tell you uh, who you are as a Christian and to un- help you to understand uh, uh, your uh, purpose and place in your Christian life and your place in the body of Christ. And he does that here in chapters 1, 2, and 3. He, he's sharing with you the purpose and, the, and, and what does it mean to be a Christian? How do you, uh, uh, what is it, uh, what does it mean to be a part of the body of Christ? What does it mean, you know, uh, uh, I remember a lot of times as a young child hearing this concept talked about in service and, and, and saying that we're all a part of the body of Christ and that we all serve a function. And a lot of times I felt as a little kid, I felt like the little toe. You know, okay, I'm a part of the body of Christ, but I'm the little toe. I don't have a whole lot of significance. I'm just this tiny little toe, and I don't know what my purpose is, and I don't know how in the world I fit into a whole scheme of things and how I'm able to help 
uh, the body of Christ. And I think a lot of Christians feel that way too. They feel like the little toe. They feel insignificant and small and, and as if, hey, if, if I don't show up to church, nothing's going to be out of place. Nothing's going to be out of sorts. Nothing's going to be, uh, uh, there's not going to be a problem. But what you need to understand is, is that while we may be able to function without the little toe, we're not complete. God doesn't put parts, let me tell you something. Uh, there might be parts of our body that we can live about, live without. We can live without your appendix. You can live out without your spleen. You can live without a couple of other things in your body that we really don't. Un- uh, but what it all amounts to is, is that those parts aren't. A lot of people feel like those parts are unnecessary. But what I believe is, is that we just don't understand the full impact that those parts have on the body. You can't tell me that your appendix doesn't do anything. Otherwise, why would it get to the point where you have to take it out? I think what happens is is that you use it up and, and it's used up so much that they have to take it out. And you're not the same without it. And it's the same way without a little toe. You can be a hiker. You can be a, uh, one of those campers that go out and you go up in the mountains and for whatever reason like to enjoy camping in the midst of a snowstorm or whatever. I don't know why you'd want to do that. But you come back and you have frostbite. And what happens? Your toes fall off, right? You can't tell me that somebody that has that happen doesn't wish they had that toe back. Oh, you can live without it, but you're not complete. Listen, we can live without you being here as a part of the body of Christ, but we're not complete without you here. And we're not as effective without you here. We're not as useful to the kingdom without you here. And we hurt when you're not here. Paul's trying to help the church to understand that that all of us have significance and importance. It's like being an athlete. I wasn't a big athlete. I know that's shocking to some of you. But I wasn't on... We didn't have a football team, so I wasn't on... I might have been on a football team if I'd gone to a school that had football. But we didn't have football. We had soccer. And you got to do a lot of running in, in soccer. <laughs> that is not my forte. Uh, I I uh, I remember uh, they had us doing PE, and I think that was a tryout for all the sports because they saw who could do good stuff in sports, and and they were sure to get them into sports. And they had us try all the sports, and that's why I think that because. Uh, uh, they had us try track and field, and and I made it over the first hurdle. I made it over one, and then I got to the second one, and I my foot got uh, caught on it as I was going over, and I fell and tripped and fell, and I remember being embarrassed and everything about falling, but I got I I was stupid. I got up and I started running again. 
some would say that was uh, fortitude and, and sticking with it and all that. I think it was silly, stupid. Uh, I got up and I ran at the next one and tried to jump over and guess what happened? I fell on it too. Uh, I, I'm, I, I was not a hurdler. I, I was not a runner at all. I didn't, you know, that was not uh, my big thing. Uh, I remember they gave us a discus. And they said, you do this. And they just basically showed us one time and then expected us all to be able to do it. Like it was something simple. I wanted to take it and throw it like a Frisbee instead of throwing it like you're supposed to. They gave us the big shot put. And I was like, this is too heavy to throw. What are you giving that to me for? And uh, But, uh, you know, I didn't excel in sports, but uh, part of the issue was is that I wasn't brought up playing basketball every waking moment of my life when I wasn't sleeping or eating or or uh, uh, going to school. I didn't play uh, baseball like it was something that, and I, I you know, I, I could care less about statistics, and I didn't care about who did the what and all that kind of thing. That just didn't gravitate. That didn't just didn't grasp a hold of me the way it did some, but. Um, when you, uh, the thing is, is when you get to high school, that's not when you should be learning how to play the game. I found out a long time ago that in order to be really effective, you need to be playing the game when you're just a little t- a peewee of a, of a little pipsqueak of a guy and you're learning, okay, you don't just have the ball and you just start running. Uh, especially if it's soccer. I mean, uh, you don't do that. You have to you know, kick at it and you just don't kick because you can hit the ball with your foot. You're trying to accomplish something with it. It's the same way. uh, You can have all of the talent in the world. And, you know, think about, think about, uh, I didn't even realize this was a position until not too long ago, but think about a nickel a nickelback in the defensive plan of football. And some of you are saying, huh? And I, that's how I was for a lot of times. Um, but he's the guy who kind of directs the whole defense. When he's reading the other team, he kind of helps the team to to understand where the the offense of the other team is going and helps to plug the gap of, of where all that uh, that offense is going and if he's faked out and he goes over here and the ball goes over there guess what the other team's going to get some a lot of yards and maybe score and you can get faked out so many times and not be where your assignment is that even if you have all of the talent in the world, you're quick, you're, you're uh, all the things I wasn't. You're quick, you're fast, you're uh, uh, athletic, you have all this talent and ability, able to lift all kinds of weights, you're strong, you're, you're talented, but if you're in the wrong place at the right time, you're no use. And you'll be riding the bench, like uh, sitting beside me. Um, you won't be effective, won't be useful to the team, and you'll feel like you don't have any purpose or plan of being there. That's how a lot of Christians feel. They feel like they get saved and they ride the bench for the rest of their life. They're waiting. 
Instead of being at church and feeling like they're in a, a, a coach's session of how to get excited about going out there and getting in the game, they feel like they're just sitting uh, in a bus station waiting for the next bus to come along, waiting for Jesus to come and take everybody home or, or for your ticket to be punched and it's time for you to go on home. You're not feeling like there is a game to get into. And Paul says, I want you to understand what it is that you are as a Christian, as a part of the body of Christ, and I want you to understand that you have a purpose and you have a plan. God has a plan and a purpose for you and His, His service and to His work of being a part of the body. He says to the church at Ephesus, he says, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, so he says, I'm hearing, uh, let me just kind of summarize what he's saying. I heard of your outpouring of love for the saints. I heard of your commitment to Christ. And he says, that's exciting to me because it means that you're exhibiting uh, traits of the Spirit. You have uh, God... In your midst, you have a part of you, you're a part of the body of Christ, and it's evident because of your faith and your love. And he says, And I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. He says, I realize how hard it is, I realize how difficult it is for you as a member of the body of Christ. To understand your purpose. And you know, it, it, it's, it takes some people who are a part of the body of Christ years and some of them their whole life to realize that the whole purpose of church is not just simply to come and sit here on Sunday morning and sit in Sunday school and sit in worship service and, to go, and that your whole service to Christ is over. <laughs> when you go on home. No, that's not it. Paul says, I'm making mention to, of you to, to God. Why? Because he wants to help them to foster that faith and to foster that, that uh, love for others because that's part of the service and the work of the church. That's part of the body of Christ. That's pulling together to serve God. He says, your eyes were enlightened. Uh, let's see, wait a minute. I got too far. Um, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father, and the glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, and the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches and the glory of His inheritance is in the saints. So what he's saying is, is that I pray continually for you. Why? So that you would be... Uh, uh, that you would be a part of glorifying God and that you would also understand uh, the significance of who you are as a, as a Christian. He says, uh, look, he says, I, I want you to understand the inheritance that you have. I want you to understand the calling that you have. Understand the riches and the glory of God. We are sitting on... Uh, it, it's like we could be sitting here as a body of Christ... And we have a guy come and knock on the door and say, Hey, I want to tell y'all something. Uh, uh, we, we've been doing some tests in the area and we think there's a, 
a rich deposit of oil underneath your church. And you could be like the Clampets. We, we could go out there and, and hit oil and, and it'd just spout up and there'd be oil just going everywhere and make you rich. Paul's saying, you have a wealth of an inheritance just brimming under the surface, waiting for you to tap into that inheritance. And so many others have just sat around and in spite of the fact that they know there's a rich inheritance, they know there's a a wealth of, of potential you just simply say, oh, well, we just don't... We like, the th- we like things the way they are. You know, that's one of the death knells for a pastor in a church. When you go into the church and the pastor gets excited about serving God, about uh, getting the people of, of God together to serve Him and to go out and to reach out to the community, and the pastor gets a knock on his study door and one of the deacons come in, the chairman most likely most of the time, and he says, Pastor, we know you're excited to serve the Lord and we don't want to get you in the way of you doing that, but we just like the, th- the way things are. What they're saying is is that we like the people that come here already. We don't want more people in here because we get uncomfortable and cramped when there's more people sitting beside us and we don't know who they are. They don't know who we are. We just don't want to get to know anybody else. We're happy with... That's the death knell for a pastor. Because the whole purpose of us being here is to serve others, to help people that are in need, to, to express the love of Jesus Christ, to, to go out and to, and to meet people's needs because we have a wealth of inheritance in Jesus Christ and, and we exhibit the body of Christ and, and we are uh, uh, the body meant to serve. We're not here just simply meant to sit on the bench. We're meant to go out and to do all this to help glorify God and to lift His name and to let other people know and, and to, understand, to help people understand the greatness of all that God has for them. And to be told, well, we just don't want anything different. We're happy the way things are. What they're saying is, settle down, Pastor. We just want to go through the motions. We just want to make it look like we're a church. We don't want to be the body. And unfortunately, that can be a terrible, terrible prognosis at a church. And some people are so eager just to let things be. Paul says you need to understand the the whole purpose of the church, the whole purpose of being a, you know. Let me just summarize it in this. When you accept Jesus Christ in your heart and life, why doesn't God just take you on home to heaven? If you accept Jesus into your life, why doesn't He just strike you dead right there, take you on up to heaven? It's because the, your life is just beginning. That's why 
You're just now learning what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. And there's so much potential. There's so much of what God desires to accomplish in your life. There's so much of what God wants to do in you, but all you think of church is is just an obligation you have to do. You don't see it as as the opportunity to get together with the rest of the body and and to be excited about what God is doing. Uh, You don't want to go out and serve God because, well, that that means i got to go out on a a dark, rainy night to go knock on a stranger's doors and i got to have some people close the door in my face or other people to yell at me and, and say all kinds of ugly things at me. But Jesus said, if they despise me, and what He's saying is, is if they spat in my face, if they said all kinds of unruly things at me, if they did all of those things to me, the Master, then what do you expect them to do to you? We're the body. You might be the little toe. You might feel like the appendix and like you don't have any usefulness. But when you were born, God didn't come to you and say, Now, we could give you a model with an appendix or without an appendix. Which would you rather? No. We could give you a model with ten toes or with just eight. You know, some of them really aren't that necessary. Which would you rather? No. We're all necessary. Every part of us We're not complete. When you have a baby and that baby's born, do you want to go and count all the little fingers and all the little toes? And after you take them out of your mouth, after you're kissing them and and won't eat them up, you look at them and you say, how perfect they are. All ten of them. And you smile down at that little face. And you don't say, you know, we decided to go with the model without the appendix because it really isn't necessary. No, you say, they got all toes, all the fingers. Look at that bright smile. Look at, look at how happy that baby is because it's complete. That child is complete in just the way God designed him or her to be. Whether it's the same as another or a little different, God made you perfectly the way you were when you were born. God's desire for His church is to be complete. Perfect in the way that He's designed the body of Christ to be. With you, Involved with you being a part of that body and being useful to bring the glory of God. He says, 
for all above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world to come, and hath put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head over all things, which is the body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. We're to give glory to him. We're to give glory to God just the way that we are, the way that He created us. With each one of us seeking to give Him glory. That means we have to be a part of the body. That means that God desires for you to know Him to know the inheritance that He has for you and for you to be a part of the body of Christ. Maybe that's something you need to think about today. So we bow our heads and close our eyes. Do you have Jesus within your heart today? Is He your all in all? Are you just merely going about things is because it's what everybody expects or because you have a genuine love and desire to be fulfill all that God desires for you. Are you here today because it's an obligation to someone else? Or because God's love compels you to come together with the rest of the saints to accomplish the task, the, the service that God's called us to do. Maybe you need Jesus in your life today. Maybe you need to recommit your heart and life to Him. Whatever He's calling you today. It's my prayer that you'll ask Jesus to help you to do that. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, Lord, I pray that You'd help us to come close to You, to be excited about our life in Christ, to be excited about how You desire to use us, to allow us to be useful to Your kingdom, to glorify You, to lift You up in the world full of darkness, that they might see the light of Your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.